Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Talking Ticks. I'm Scott Gerard. Joining me tonight, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zellinger, all in the same pod. Still different states, but, you know, that's that's just pretty much the norm for us. But uh, happy to all be in the, uh, you know, the, the same time zones we're used to. I uh, hope you guys had a good week, uh, good, uh, good Father's Day. Uh, I had a good Father's Day, enjoying a, a national federal holiday today, uh, Juneteenth. So, uh, but I don't know, I just want to... Checking with you guys first, because I say there really wasn't too much LSU news. I mean, there's some, you know, some some stuff that trickled out, some uh, some LSU football commits, some some postseason baseball accolades, but honestly, that was about it. Uh, yeah. So I, I think checking in with you guys is paramount right now. So, how was your week, and uh, how how you guys doing? Doing good. You know, it's a little bit of a slow week this week, like you said, not much going on, but uh, watching a little bit of that college baseball and summer's summer's heating up literally here in Baton Rouge. I mean, I think it was like 101 today. Um, so uh, that's about that. That's about it, but not too much. Yeah, glad to be back in Baton Rouge after about a month of traveling. And it's uh, like- to Yeah, we got I- a new host today. New co-host. <laughs> yeah, uh, back from the, the dead. Um, and a happy Father's Day to Scott, the only actual father True. of us three on there. So I hope yours was- was good um and yeah like tommy said things going well um got the fourth of july coming up i'm actually going out of town again this next week uh but i should still be able to to tune in with y'all and i happy to be here 150 episodes in seems like just recently we were firing this thing up and then here we are three years later so it's been a long journey yeah 150 episodes that is crazy that is crazy yeah uh i would like to add that you know tommy is a uh dog dad so i am i'll I'll give him i'll give him uh due respects for that because i mean it's it it's a responsibility it is that she's she's sitting right here she never likes it when we do the podcast because it looks because i lose my attention of her but um (laughs) i think maybe my father's day present from her is she seems as of right now to be um kind of quietly sitting on the couch just kind of observing the podcast so i think that that's what i'm getting Right on. Uh, cool. We'll, we'll, we'll try and keep it uh, short and sweet for, for her so that you can get back to celebrating your, you know, your parental relationships. But uh, like we said, we, there was there really wasn't too much. But uh, baseball, I mean, the, the College World Series going on. I mean, I'd love to get you guys thoughts on that. Uh, I think, uh, well, Stanford has been el- eliminated. Texas has been eliminated, uh, both by by SEC teams and it looks like uh, I think was it Notre Dame and uh, was it Texas A and M are going to play tonight, and yeah, that's 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 where we are. I know it's interesting how there was like three SEC teams in one side, but only one SEC team SEC team in the other, and. I don't know. It's like one, like the, the odds of an SEC team playing in the championship are pretty good. Uh, more, more so on one side, but I don't know if it would have been much different if there was like, you know, if it was even like there was two on one side, two on the other. I mean, they, they pre-select these things. So you never know who's going to end up where, Yeah. but um, I don't know. I mean, I, the, the SEC is obviously well represented and, I, I can't. I mean, some of the, the the games, like you could say, the SEC seem pretty dominant, but Oklahoma looks pretty good too. And it's interesting because LSU beat them in that uh that you know that Big Twelve SEC matchup 
uh, early on in the baseball season. So it's it's just interesting to see who's left and what what the the scores are looking like. But I don't know. Um, you would think you know if you're just doing um, you know tangible plausibilities. Oh well, you beat Oklahoma. Oh, wow, we could be we could be cleaning up in the, in the College World Series. But you know who knows? Uh, it doesn't doesn't really matter. Uh, LSU had a really good season, and they you know they made it in the postseason. Did okay. Had some postseason accolades. Dylan Cruz being named as an All-American by the American Baseball Coaches Association, by the, well, pretty much by any association, really. Uh, I, I think, uh, you know, the co-ACC Player of the Year uh, would be a first-team All-American on anyone's list. But there's a lot of baseball organizations. Yeah, I know. It's, just, it's like what? like six competing ones. Right. So, but I guess the main one is, you know, the, the National Collegiate Baseball Writers association you know these are the guys that are here in the box every game every week every series see everybody play but you know basically Cruz was uh, voted a first team all-american uh and uh jacob berry received second team all-america honors and kate doty was actually named third team all-american by by a perfect game so there's that um i don't know you you could you could you could him and haul about what what uh, what organization is, is really worth its cred, but I think it's pretty much a consensus that Dylan Cruz, <laughs> Dylan Cruz is one of the best baseball players in America. First team All-American pretty much on anybody's list. You could make an argument for Jacob Berry as well. Kate Doty, I don't know. You know, maybe maybe you could say uh, Mikael Hilliard deserves to be involved in some of these, uh, you know, some of these pitchers postseason honors. But anyway, uh, I mean, just, but, you know, we're going to have Dylan Cruz back next year, so... Yeah. It looks good going forward. I mean, you know what? It's pretty pretty exciting. I think we all we all kind of knew that Dylan Cruz was was one of the best players in the country. We knew that. We all we almost kind of thought we knew that when he was a freshman before he even stepped foot on a college baseball field. And he's one of the ones that's really lived up to all the hype going into his freshman year, and now saw you know improved on it with his sophomore year. Um, excited to see him you know finish out at LSU for his, his last year of eligibility, or his, not of eligibility, but his last year. So we all, I think we all know he's going to the pros. Um, but you know, I, I, I kind of think that, uh, I, I almost, I, I want to see, I would have rather seen Trey Morgan on there than, than maybe, uh, Jacob Barry, to be honest. Yeah. You know, I think, I think we've got a lot of talent. Um, Barry, I think is, they say your Barry's going on to the draft this year, but, uh, you, you think about who's going to be, who's still going to be there with Morgan, Doty, Cruz, and uh, all, you know, so, so many players coming back. Um, and then with a really exciting recruiting class that uh, Jay Johnson has seemed to, to uh, pick up this year, I think, uh, I think, think times are going to be good for the box next week, uh, next year. Yeah. It's always good to see LSU names at the top of those all American lists. Uh, and then like we we're saying, Dylan Cruz kind of once in a decade prospect for LSU. And he's definitely lived up with that, lived up to that. Um, and we'll get to see him again on the diamond next year. I think Doty's actually supposed to be projected going to the draft this oh, year. Is he going to go? Yeah, okay. like late first, early second round uh, pick. And then I think Jacob Berry's projected first round also. So we'll have to replace their production. But yeah, like you said, um, that we had the number one draft uh, recruiting class in the country this past year. Um, the guy who was responsible for that, actually, Dan Fitzgerald, the assistant coach, actually just left LSU yeah. to take the full, the head coaching job at 
at Kansas. So uh, we'll need to, to fill that in also. Um, but a lot of turnover, but uh, talent is still flowing through the veins. Uh, and then, yeah, the back to the World Series stuff, that's been exciting so far. SEC, no teams knocked out at this point. Um, the Horns were down. Texas, not first team out. Kind of sad for them. Uh, and against their bitter rival, I expect, too. I expect at least one SEC team in the finals. Yeah, the Horns had to. If anyone had to put them out, I would say they they would all say just don't let it be Texas A and M. But that's that's who eliminated them. Uh, I, I I didn't really get to see the game, but I I would have hoped that the the atmosphere would have just been you know kind of like a, a seven overtime SEC football game just. You know, everyone, high anxiety. Uh, but in addition to uh, Fitzgerald leaving, uh, LSU also losing its pitching coach, Jason Kelly, uh, being named the head coach at Washington uh, up in Seattle, or I guess uh, Tacoma, wherever it is, uh, to coach the Huskies. He was there for, oh my goodness, probably like, I don't know, almost, almost 10 years or so. Uh, but he was, you know, he's got some some roots in that program, so that's kind of no surprise. I guess the you know the head coaching opportunity of your dreams comes along, you you take it, and you know, and according to uh, Jake Johnson, that's that's what his was, and that's why he's here with us now. So there you go. Um, I would say, Godspeed to him. Uh, we'll we'll see who we can get to replace him, and hopefully we can get some. Uh, like you said, uh, Daniel said, so we had the top the top recruiting class in the country. Um, I think they had. What was it like three projected in the top 100 and well, like probably maybe the first two, like the top, the, the top two of those, it, honestly, if they were drafted where they're projected, they'll, they'll probably go right. Like if you're, if you're drafted as like number 16 or 30 or something, you, you know, I, I think that money's too good to turn down. So I think some of the guys that LSU has, has pegged on this team, you know, if they're drafted where they're supposed to be, we're probably not going to see him in Baton Rouge, but still to say there's plenty of other, plenty of other guys on the, on the recruiting roster that they're going to come to LSU and do wonders for us, presumably. And uh, let's see what uh, Jake Johnson can do with his first like full recruited team. Granted, we still got to see who the other coaches are going to be, but uh, I don't know. It'll be his team from here on out. Right. Like he, you could say, Oh, uh, it's 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 Maneri's players, but now this is Jake Johnson's team. I think from this point going forward, yeah, uh, they they already landed uh, a pretty substantial uh, like starting pitcher, uh, as we talked about in the last pod. But um, I don't see. Well, I guess it remains to be seen where it goes from here. But I mean, he's it, you know like like he kind of started the cupboard's not bare, so he's got a lot of room to improve with and just. Uh, I don't know. Um, nowhere to go but up, really. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. I think uh, I think the future is going to be bright for him. I know that uh, you know there might be some co- concern with LSU fans thinking, man, we just lost a uh, you know two two coaching uh, two of our coaches. But uh, you know Johnson uh, was asked about it. He he was actually quoted as saying, actually, my, my priority is is landing more talent. The coaches will take care of themselves. Yeah, it's better to have them walking away than have to fire them like we did in football and basically have a double <laughs> coordinator switch every year like we've turned over. I guess this is a somewhat <laughs> similar parallel in baseball. 
in baseball, recruiting is weird because you're trying to get these top level talents, but then a lot of times they don't just, even sign They go to the MLB. So what you can do as a player is you can commit to a team, but also still get drafted. So like the recruiting rankings are all wonky because like all these players project to go to college, but then they leave and then the, the classes switch up. Yeah. Um, so it's very rare to have a guy like Dylan Cruz, who's like a top 10 yeah. national high school prospect stay and go to the college that he's actually like uh, signed his letter of intent for. Uh, so we can get a couple more like that, then uh, we'll be in business. But um, yeah, it'll be exciting to to watch the rest of the World Series, and then uh, as LSU baseball kicks back up uh, next year with a uh, Jay Johnson Part Two. True, right? Uh, and you know, it's, it's the off season, so it's not to not to say it's without its uh, its share of transfers. Uh, we you know we we got some pitchers coming in, but we also lose some going out. LSU sophomore infielder Collier Cranford his name into the transfer portal uh, i mean not not to say that he's definitely gone but um uh so did uh Gio, giovanni di giacomo he uh, an outfielder he also put his name in the transfer portal not to say that they're officially you know gone but hey they, i mean they, they're looking right so it's just remains to be seen if they're they're really going to go or not but uh i guess they felt or maybe they were told that their opportunities at lsu uh are diminished and you know maybe they should seek something elsewhere so so there you go i don't know if that has anything any bearing on like the you know the draft that's coming up on what jay johnson's heard from his commits but it is what it is uh yeah. you know i think baseball i mean the, the transfer portal affects all sports you know as we've as we've come to know so that is that and with that it, i mean i don't know i mean the, all sports are wrapped up track and fields wrapped up I think an LSU swimmer, you know, got like a, a gold medal in the world, the world stage, but all sports are done. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's just summer school <laughs> and workouts at this point. So, yeah, I mean, we're, we're closing on a football season though, which is, which is exciting. Yeah. Like hovering right around 80 days, mm-hmm. right around that, uh, that Jarvis Landry sweet spot. Um, <laughs> speaking of football, uh, LSU did get one commit, right? Like they, they got a commit from Maurice Williams, a four-star safety for uh, 2024, which, you know, LSU always loves to uh, add to and develop DBU. He was actually from Pierland, Texas. Um, he's rated as the number eight safety out of 2024 by, uh, at least by, you know, according to 24-7 sports composite rankings but he's lsu's first verbal commit for the class of 24 i don't know is there were, were there any other commits be, beyond uh maurice williams i'll just ask that first no i think that was it the thing that kind of stood out to me about this one was the fact that it's 2024 yeah. like, when we started the podcast we were talking about the 2020 class yeah. and now <laughs> we're on 2024 commits i'm like dang like it's really moving when, fast when we started the podcast we were, we were excited that Derek Singley had, had committed. And yeah. now he's the number one three overall pick in the yeah, NFL. Yeah, we were hyped up about guys who are like in the NFL now, and they were in high school when we started this thing. So we've, we've literally gone through a full recruiting cycle like as, crazy. A, as a podcast. Uh, but I, and I, think I, about how much recruiting has changed just in the three years we've been doing this podcast. Uh-huh. When we started this podcast, all the money we'd be talking about was under the table. <laughs> But, but yeah, it's good to get the 2024 class going. There's only been a couple of commits in the country on this. 
this is kind of one of those ones where it's like seems almost a little bit too early. Yeah, it's like, all right, thanks, man. We had like, a, we have we'll few, see you in 24 to make sure that happens. Yeah, we had a few of these people in the past few classes that committed way, way early on, like a year and a half in advance, and they flip either like the summer before they actually have to sign or like a, a late signing day. So you think about uh, Demon Clowney. Yeah, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. <laughs> um, or Rakeem, or not Rakeem Jarrett. Well, he did. He did. Rakeem Jarrett, Jermaine uh, Burton. Speaking of flippers, Jermaine Burton, who flipped from LSU to Georgia on signing day, has now transferred to Alabama. Yeah. Uh, what? So he transferred. He he entered his name in the portal and like, uh, like I want to say the day after they won the national championship. <laughs> yeah, he's like my national championship from Georgia is pretty good, but uh, how about two? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Uh, like, why would you transfer out from someone that just won the title? To, I guess he's playing the odds on that one. He's playing the Vegas odds. Well, right? I think also, I think some people were saying like he might not be the best. You know, he might not not really have an opportunity. Well, but of course, why you transfer out Alabama though, if you're not going to play? Because you know you're not going to play it. Well, I don't know. Well, Alabama did lose their top two receivers, but they were all returning to Heisman winning quarterback. So that could be a pretty good opportunity for like yeah. mid to high end wide receiver prospects. Yeah, that's true. They lost Mechie and Jameson Williams. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was pretty much it for football news and otherwise. So we we thought we might uh, inject a little uh, a little query into uh, to each other, our, all the podcast hosts and our, our listeners too, as far as what what would your favorite pod be? Uh, you got 150 to choose from, but <laughs> uh, I, I think I know what mine is. But I wanted to. See what see what you guys would say on what's your favorite pod out of the last 150 might be. I've got a few moments. I don't know if I can point to one specific podcast. Um, personally, one of my favorites is whenever we hired Bo Pelini as defensive coordinator. Oh, wow. All three of us on the podcast <laughs> were like, this is great. We were all praising this. We're like, he did this, the perfect hire. He's going to come back. He's got the... the Three four scheme. Uh, this is going to go so well for LSU. We're going to go back to back national championships, and then it just absolutely exploded in the face. And he was gone basically the, the minute the clock wound down the last uh, game. Uh, so we every we and just about everybody else were proven wrong on that one. True. So so don't check the tapes on ours. I think actually we did check the tapes on episode one hundred. Yeah, we did. <laughs> uh, so there's that one. Uh, another weird memory of mine was talking for about 10 20 podcasts in a row about zach evans oh. and then eric gilbert <laughs> what a great saga <laughs> we talked about zach evans we were talking about recruiting he was every school in the book he i mean he basically committed to every single stc school and then ended up at tcu yeah and then the whole time he was stringing us along and maybe lsu is still in the mix and then now he's at Ole miss he transferred from yeah. tcu to Ole miss and is still projected as like a top three running back for the next year's NFL draft. Lane Kiffin will probably turn him into a, into a, you know, a real high producer. Mm-hmm. And then a similar thing with Eric Gilbert, that whole saga who actually did end up at LSU. And then now he's off the face of the earth. No, he's, much. He, no, he's, he's, he's competing and probably will have a, a meaningful role in Georgia's offense this year. Yeah. He's stepping up to the plate there. Yeah. He went through spring and, and is, is did well, supposedly, although Georgia's got, uh, it's got, you'll know this better than me, but they got, they're loaded with tight ends right now. They've got three quality tight ends. Yeah, and uh, it was interesting because Eric Gilbert transferred there, but instead of, you know, jumping into the mix immediately, he kind of sat out for a year for, you know, personal reasons. Yeah. Uh, I, I People didn't really thought he'd see, never see the field again. 
Yeah, right. No, it was it was it was that it was that serious. Uh, you know, they thought he just had to get his s together, basically. Uh, and I don't know, not not to uh, disparage too much on the guy, but I, I think it was just I don't know, like just you know, getting his head right, basically, without without putting too much into it. He just had to get his head right to to approach uh, being a full time athlete, full time student, all that stuff. And I don't know, it appears he's done that and he's, and he's in the mix of Georgia. So yeah, like you said, he's, you know, he, he could be one of their guys. And I mean, could you imagine like just some of the flares that we saw in his first year at LSU? Like if, if Georgia would have had any of that last year, I mean, you know, some of the, I mean, they won the title <laughs> regardless, but uh, yeah, they just, some of those games would have just been, uh, I think so one-sided. So it'll be interesting to see what happens this year uh but yeah i mean who knows what might have happened if he uh if he just stayed in baton rouge right yeah oh well um you know i think for me some of my one of my top moments what i think or at least i don't know i don't know if it, you know this would be a moment be a part of the podcast i know we talked about it um i mean the after the florida game in 2019 that was just one of the most like electric atmospheres and podcasts. I mean, that was like our first real test, the, the energy in the stadium, all the, the gator chomp of like every, every single person just chomping away. That was pretty awesome. Um, really. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah. That was probably the favorite, my favorite football game, LSU football game that I've been to, or maybe the A&M game at the end of the season, the last this past year. Well, no, well, this, last year's a good one too, but I was saying that year, the 2019 oh, season, yeah. when Joe was like walking out, like pointing to yeah, the, like, that was on cool. the back of his jersey and stuff. Um, but yeah, the Florida game was pretty great. And that was kind of when we knew we were like on track to, yeah. to take it to the house. I mean, another great podcast moment is, uh, is oh, it, it also like that Florida game, we were at the, we were at game day with the Suns. Mm-hmm. So that was cool too. Um. I mean, I, they're, they're, I don't know, Scott. What's your what's your moment? You said you 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 know it right away. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking just strictly about you know our favorite pod, I don't know. I, I think it's our our pod after the title game because it just it it was something that just it it felt like that we kind of just fell into. Yeah, you know, it's like if you if you just started to learn how to water ski and then. You're, you know, whoever's driving the boat says, ah, I think he's ready for the jumps. And then you go do a jump and you do a 360 in the air and then you <laughs> land it and you go, oh my God, I did that. <laughs> That's kind of how the season felt, right? Yeah, yeah. Like it just, everything you just like, could it be, could it be, uh, let's try it. And, and then, we're doing, and we're like talking about it in real time. Yeah. Like when we started, we're just like, oh, this is pretty cool. Look, this, <laughs> yeah. this burrow guy's pretty good. And then eventually we're like, we're going to win it all. <laughs> right, right. Well, I don't know if you... I don't know. I'll ask you this. When, when do you think that in your mind you go, you know what? We could win this all as opposed to could we win this all? It's like, got to be a Bama game. Yeah. yeah that was just the brick wall that we had run up against every year. We, we, were, we went into, into we were nine against them in games before that or something, something like that. I mean, like when we went into Tuscaloosa and just, I mean, and, and I know David, you just pulled up the score. I, I mean, the score doesn't show like, I mean, we thumped them in the first half. 20. We were up by 20. Yeah. At halftime. So I feel like at that point, like you had to, like when, when I saw what we could do there, I mean, to me, it felt like, okay, like this is, it's not even like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to take it. 
it's it's all right. Or I felt like it was that was the, the point where it's like, man, if we if we don't cap, it's like Georgia last year, where it's like if, if we if they don't capitalize on this, this is their greatest chance they've ever had. You know what I mean? So, um, and, and you know, sure enough, we did. But uh, hey, another great podcast moment: doing the podcast in person when you came in. Yeah, that yeah, was exactly. Just a few weeks ago, that was awesome. Yeah. Um, well, that was, yeah, the first time ever. And I, I know there are other, like, I, I got to meet you in Atlanta, Tommy, when, when LSU was here playing for, it was, it was the SEC title game, right? Or was it the playoff? Peach Bowl. Peach Bowl. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah it was, so it was a playoff. Uh, I mean, that was awesome. But being able to record with both of you at the same time in the same place, I mean, I, I, I don't know how you move anything past that. Yeah. You know? especially just for the podcast in general. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I got two more kind of random moments. Okay. The first one was not a, not a good moment. I think on the podcast, but I think it was kind of an important one, which was the podcast that we did after the UCLA game when we got beat down to start the 2020 season, because we were coming high off the national championship. (laughs) Like you just said, expectations were going to maybe not run it back, but have another good team. I mean, yeah, we, we think we all predicted it to be like at least an eight to nine win team. And then we just got shellacked by UCLA. And I think all three of us were kind of just numb on the podcast. It was just like, uh, we just stepped up to the mic and didn't even really have anything to say, but it was like, all right, I guess so bad. Yeah. I guess our team isn't, isn't so good anymore, but uh, looking back on it, I mean, there's a little bit of humor to be found in that. I was like, this is a classic LSU moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. Uh, it's the beginning of the end for uh, for old O. But I think yeah, that was a big it, turning point for the pie because now we're kind of used to the losing a little bit too. We well, can get like a better perspective it, on everything. I think you're right. Like, I think that, you know, that was – it's weird to say that was our first ever loss uh-huh. to have to ever talk about. Like, isn't that kind of crazy? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. So, and, and, and I don't take too – you know, it's not, I, I, I want I guess I, what I want to say is I want to give us credit because we, after that monumental season, we didn't look at this loss and try and downplay it as like, oh, well, uh, you know, it's just a, you know, just a letdown after that big season or, oh, you know, they, they didn't find this or that, you know, I don't, I don't feel like any of us really tried to downplay it as like, ah, oh, well, it's just a bump in the road. We all saw that as like, oh gosh. Because you lose that game, and you're not even really in contention for the championship anymore. Basically, championship aside, I mean the way that the way that I know the other three of us looked at UCLA that year, and I mean I know they were they were decent that year, but I don't think they. I mean they didn't finish the top ten team, and and so to uh, to watch us lose the way we did to them, and you really get pushed around and and manhandled. Yeah, I think that anybody, especially like you know people who follow it like we do would have been, we're, we're just like, yeah, this team has, this team ha- has no shot at anything, yeah. let alone championship get out of here, but like competing in your own division. Yeah, no. And it, it's basically what it boils down to what you said is like, just how they competed in that game. Like if it was uh, you know, just a part of my friendship balls to the wall game on both sides. Yeah. And uh, you know, UCLA just wanted the last second on a field goal or a touchdown or whatever, you know, so be it. But uh, you know, as fans, it's, it's, it's just, we're, we're watching the, you know, the, the back and forth of the game, the, the quality of the the game itself and the win. So yeah, I think you could tell from that game, you know, just LSU was just not going to be up to the challenge the rest of the season. And we, I just don't think we realized how far um, coach O had overkicked his coverage, but 
I mean, still, you know, you got to give him credit for for 2019, uh, you know, to, to, to put it in Joe Burrow's hands or um, Joe Brady's hands or whoever, you know, take it out of a Joe. But, you know, you know, Coach O kind of made that all come together. So, um, you know, we we look back at that season and we'll have that forever. But, um, you know, now we look forward to that to the BK era. I, I know we'll probably get into a predictions pods, right? Like what we're going to do for uh, the upcoming season, what the, the rest of the conference or the country might do. We can save that for some of these upcoming weeks when it's, you know, yeah. there's actually zero sports going on. Um, right. Unless, I don't know, unless one of you has a, like a, a really strong feeling as of right now. I don't know. For me, it's, I think it's too early to say anything. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have a good feel for, for anybody right now. Yeah. We'll, we'll have that run up in August and we'll be given all the thoughts. Yeah. I have one last kind of like very podcast meta okay. <laughs> moment, which is when we started talking Tiggs, cause for podcast listeners who weren't with us back in 2019, we were actually red zone report yes. back then. Uh, we were not talking Tiggs. And then when, when we became the podcast that we are now, we switched from, using a website called freeconferencecall.com <laughs> to Zoom as our recording software. And free conference call, it was free, but the audio quality was poor. Yeah. We couldn't see each other. Now on Zoom, we can like do video recording. Back then, uh, we couldn't see each other, so our timing was much weirder, yep. even more awkward than it is now sometimes. Uh, and it was just kind of a, a bad performance. And then we, we switched to Zoom and we fired up Talking Tigs and it was like a whole new thing. And I'm True. glad we've, we've stuck with that now. And thanks to Tommy for maintaining the Zoom account. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a labor of love <laughs> to have the Zoom. <laughs> of course, you know, hey, the crazy thing was I had, better for it. We got, well, you know, like we had Zoom before Zoom was Zoom. I remember I was like, yeah, like I think we can use this thing called Zoom to do the podcast. I don't know anything about zoom. And then of course, like this whole pandemic thing happened and everybody went to zoom and, you know, I feel like I should have bought some zoom stock along with when I bought my zoom subscription. Cause then I'd be a rich man. But, uh, yeah. instead I just have, a, I just have access to a, to a video call whenever <laughs> I want. Well, but you also have the, uh, the, the comfort of knowing that you were on the, uh, the ascension. Of yeah. Zoom that I got to ride the wave. Yeah, you had that. You had that gut instinct. So I think you should follow those, those instincts going forward, uh, and you should share them with your podcast host so we can invest in those in those ventures. Because yeah, like if you could have invested in Zoom before COVID, oh my goodness, yeah. Uh, imagine that. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, I don't know, guys. There's there's really not much else going on. Uh, Looking forward to next week. I'd say we got one more, and then I don't know. I'd say maybe we should uh, we should gift ourselves a a weekend off for July Fourth to take part in our uh, our country's country's Independence Day and all the reveries that go with that. But um, maybe we could do those prediction pods after July Fourth because you think about it. Uh, Starting August, that's when everyone's back, and all the all the freshmen, like pretty much all the incoming freshmen that are not already on campus, will be there. They'll be going through things. I think there's going to be a lot of news coming out. Uh, not much before then, but um, yeah, we could get to the, some of those predictions before that. But I'd say we could go next weekend, and then maybe maybe we take July Fourth off. What do you say? You know what I say? I say let's do it. <laughs> works for me unless there's some fireworks in the news 
Yeah, yeah, we could we could definitely do that. Of course, you remember you remember two two Fourth uh, of Julys ago. It was the, the 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 fireworks did go off it because it was um it was uh, Caleb Williams and Jordan Birch's announcements. Remember that? Fourth of July was ruined because he committed to Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, he committed to Oklahoma and Birch committed to South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, yeah, now he's now he's in uh, now he's in Los Angeles at USC. So. Uh, so much for those fireworks. Uh, but, um, God, I was, I was so close to putting some, some money down on Caleb Williams just because I thought, hey, you know what, he's going to be at USC, new, new conference, new – I mean, it's, it's going to be Lincoln Riley. That's going to be his guy. They're going to make it happen. But um, I don't know. The, honestly, the reason I didn't, the odds weren't good enough. I think he was, what, plus, plus 400. So – uh, just the, to, to put the money to put the money down wasn't enough to go back. But um, I don't know. What do you what do you think the 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 long shot odds would be right now? For Caleb Williams to win the Heisman, yeah, or anybody else. Do you think Bryce Young would be the uh, the first to repeat since the seventies? I think it's not going to happen. Something something's going to either happen to him or someone else is just going to emerge. It's too too difficult these days. Yeah, I mean it's hard just to repeat a title, much less Heisman, <laughs> a Heisman type season. Uh, plus, you know, I don't know. Hey, Miles Brennan might have something to say about that. Hey, dark horse Heisman candidate yeah. Jameer Gibbs, Alabama running back. Uh, he was Jameer Gibbs from from Georgia Tech. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was like really good at Georgia Tech. He yeah. transferred to Alabama. And their passing offense might not be so good this year without the wide receivers. They might run through him. Uh, and I feel like it's been a while since a running back took it home. So uh, they can go back to their roots on that. I feel like, I feel like B. John Robinson kind of on the same, the same uh, track is a, is a good, is a good pick um, at plus 1600. Or you could, if you, if you're all in on quarterbacks, I mean, CJ Stroud right now is the plus 200. He's the odds on favorite. Then it's Bryce Young at plus 350 and then Caleb Williams. Okay. So the odds have kind of moved in your favor, Scott. Caleb Williams plus eight hundred on the on the book. I'm looking. Oh well, hey, you, you don't know how they're going to change, right? Yeah, but I th- I feel like if you if you want to go quarterback, um, I kind of like Quinn Ewers. I don't. Of course, we've never seen him play, but I like. You know, I think that if if Texas can get it right, and by get it right, I just mean like the, you know be very good. They don't have to be great. They but be very good in, in the big 12. And, and if he can put on some, some really uh, explosive numbers, either, either him or B. John Robinson. Um, I think that could be a, a, you know, they've got a They've got a chance with a, a rebuilding Oklahoma l- losing Lincoln Riley. Um, and they're, you know, kind of on the way out of the big 12. I think that, uh, if it, you know, I think I think that Texas might have might have something going on. You don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be the best team in the country to win the highest. You don't have to be on the Ooh, best. Um, you don't have to, but I feel like with I think about when Robert Griffin the third won it. Yeah, Lamar Baylor. Jackson. Lamar yeah, Jackson. but what, wasn't he like somewhat in? Con- like, I, I felt like nowadays though, you have to your team has to be. Somewhat in contention, like you can't be a team that's like seven and six, like and your guy's gonna win just because he's that good. It's like you know, but, but I think contention. But think about it this way, though. 
I think that the let's just say Texas is the 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 let's say Texas gets it right this year, and they're a top they're one of the top two teams in the Big Twelve. I think that really like I would I would for if I'm if I'm them I'm scared of Baylor and Oklahoma, but but Oklahoma like we said is they got a new coach they lost their quarterback like Oklahoma could end up I could I could totally see a world where Oklahoma's just as flat this year really flat. And, and so then let's say it's, I mean, I think that a Texas team that eventually like goes on to win the big 12, but um, maybe has a few losses. I, I think that they're, I don't think they're going to get in the playoff, but I think that the, I think that a player from them could win Heisman if they have like video game numbers. Yeah. And you know what, when you're in a conference like the big 12, you can't have video game numbers because they're going to play Kansas. They're going to play, uh, who else are they going to play? God, Oklahoma State. Well, Oklahoma State's actually pretty good, but TCU. Kansas State, TCU. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I think I think that they could. I think that it could happen. That's but but of course I'm, t- I'm also I'm not saying like if I had gun to my head I'm going to pick Quinn Ewers to win the Heisman, but I I, I like those odds a little bit better than maybe a CJ Stroud at plus two hundred. Sure, sure. I, I don't I don't think I remember even seeing. Quinn on the board when I was, you know, when I was at the, when I was at the window trying to place a bet. And as far as, uh, you know, Oklahoma goes, uh, I agree with you. Although, you know, with Brent Venables taking over at uh, the head coach, I don't know. I feel like obviously you look back at 2019, you know, Oklahoma, they're very, you know, they had Lincoln rallies, the coach, the, the offense was their, was their jam, but then they came to LSU and, or they, came to face LSU and uh, you know, they just, their, their defense was just non-existent. So I think with Brett Venables, there's going to be somewhat of a switch. You say Oklahoma's going to be flat. I think, yeah, I, you know, there's, there's going to be some regress there offensively, but uh, the defensive side's going to pick up. So I don't know. They, I don't think they're going to be quite the threat like they might've been, but they'll, they can be dangerous, you know, like they can, all they need is no, I, offenses to win. I could no, I could I, I totally agree. I can I think that like Lincoln Riley has left them with enough talent and and they you know got and I think Brick Vittables yeah. is a is a good enough coach to where yeah if you if you went you know came back from the future and told me yeah they're a 10 win team or an 11 win team and they're competing for the for the uh the big 12 championship and they might even you know be have an inside uh, or an outside shot at the playoff I would say okay I believe you yeah that makes it you know I'm not I'm not surprised but I also think there's definitely a world out there where they struggle if you're one of Venables. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, I'd say we check in with that after the first, I don't know, few weeks, few weeks yeah. of the season. Um, but just bringing it back to, uh, to the current times, I don't know with the college world series, I don't really know if you could say that there's one team that like, Oh yeah. Now that we're in the college world series and I'm looking at everything that there's one that, you know, kind of really standing out. I'd say the sec has a good opportunity to put two in the semifinals um i don't know i mean there's three on one side in one of the brackets so you have to think it's almost inevitable that one of those acc teams is going to win it whether it's Ole miss texas a&m or arkansas um all three have kind of been really good or hot in their own right but then you got um well no you have uh texas a&m in the one bracket by themselves uh, sorry, you have Ole Miss, Arkansas, and 
Who else was? Oh, Ole Miss, Arkansas, and Auburn. Auburn. Together. Thank you. I forgot about Auburn because they're just. You don't think of Auburn as a baseball team. That's why they're just. They're they're not on my radar. I mean, I know they're in Omaha. Uh, and they I thought Auburn really was not good this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they just. I just. It just. It doesn't stick to me because. Like Auburn has never mentioned. We haven't mentioned Auburn in the postseason in baseball, you know, in the last 150 episodes. But anyway, um, I don't know. But I don't know. You guys really can't point to one team and say, "Yeah, I think these guys have got the momentum and they've got blah 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 blah." I mean, it's kind of all up in the air still. Yeah, I mean, I, I think last you know last podcast or maybe two podcasts ago, I said I like I like Arkansas. I'll, I'll stick with Arkansas. I'd said Notre Dame. They've lost one already. Um, I think they still have a chance, though, uh, to come back. So uh, I'm riding with the Irish. Daniel was Daniel. biased, though. He just got back from Ireland. Exactly. I was, I was about to say, he's, he's going with the luck of the Irish because he just came back from there. Uh, hey, go with whatever feels right, Daniel. That's, that's what I say. But uh, I guess we got another day or so to, to, to figure about that out because there's, you know, there's a game going on right now. And uh, we'll, we'll find out in the next day or two who else is going home. And it'll be figured out next weekend. I mean, the, the championship game starts, or it's supposed to start Saturday. And it's best of three series. So Saturday, Sunday, Monday, if needed. Uh, and then we'll know who our collegiate baseball champion is. And I don't know, they were supposed to be, it's something that, you know, they kind of always has talked about at this time is the, you know, the college baseball draft and how it takes place during you know basically the college world series still no word on that that's going to change at all but uh, you know it just kind of always comes up uh because you know how do you expect these guys to keep their minds focused on omaha and the game the next game in front of them if they just found out wow i'm gonna go i'm gonna go number eight like i don't even have to play today (laughs) you know i could just just say you know coach i'm good i'm not going to injure myself for this cute little wood trophy, but you know, good luck to you guys. I don't know that that really happens, but you, you can't say that it doesn't affect someone's mindset, right? Like yeah. it might affect it a little bit. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess you would just, I think the, the, the argument you push back would be these are when you, when you're at this level of competition, it doesn't, you know, you're not thinking that way. We think that way because we're mere mortals. But when you're yeah. at, when you're in Omaha and you've worked all you've played every single you know uh, travel ball game and high school game and little league and showcases and you know doing you're running sixties for scouts and everything that it's this is all part of the plan and of course you're going to keep playing. Yeah, I remember that kind of coming up a few times when LSU was in the World Series, like and they'd have some players draft and they would ask them like how you're feeling. They always say, Oh, we're like still fo- like, I'm happy to be drafted. We're focused on the task at hand, kind yeah. of the, the default response. Um, but I'm sure it does kind of itch in the back of your mind a little bit. Like what happens if I like sprain an ankle sliding into second or something. Uh, but I mean, these are players are competitors and they're out to win a national championship. So uh, if we were there, I'm sure that's what they would say this year uh, as well as every other team. True. Yeah. And it's not just the, the fact of getting hurt, but it's also just, taking away that competitive edge, maybe, you know, it's like, uh, like I, this, this game is all for me, but then you find out, Oh, I'm drafted fifth. I'm going to make X amount of million dollars. 
I don't know. It just it just maybe I'll keep playing. I guess I'll keep playing. <laughs> yeah, I'd like you can keep playing, but do you really care what happens in that tournament anymore? I'm not saying you're afraid to you know get hurt, but like, do you care if you get a strikeout in this at bat when your team needs a just a single? Like you know, like I don't know. It's like may, maybe it affects somebody. That's all we're saying. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I, I think that's all we that's all we had. Uh, do you guys have any any final thoughts? Because I, I think we probably wrap it up right now. I think that's it. Good pod, 150 in the books. Uh, maybe we'll make it to 300 someday. Double it up. Hey, yeah, hopefully. Uh, if Tommy, unless he had any parting words of wisdom, uh, judging by that exhale, I'm going to say no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, that that'll do it for us here on talking tigs on number 150 stay tuned for 151 who knows what it's going to hold because you never know what's going to happen week to week but we will have it here for you on talking tigs so until then hope everyone had a good father's day uh all fathers and father figures out there and tune in next week we'll have something new for you hopefully as we venture into 151 and beyond here on Talking Tigs. So until then, stay safe, stay tuned, and we'll talk to you next time on Talking Tigs.